So we've just chatting. Are we just keeping it on f- informal like this? Like we just go in and we're just like, hey, you know. Do you remember I that mean, show we watched? Nah. Oh, okay. Let's put this to bed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, oh. <laughs> I mean, I have an intro. We can fuck it off and just keep going. You know, we can do an intro. It's, it's cool. cool. Do the intro. Do the intro. Do the intro. Right. But I say, keep, are, but I say keep all of this in as well. And do yes. the intro. <laughs> yeah. Just don't change. Just... <laughs> Listeners, we're going to get to it at some point. So just bear with us for yeah. a minute. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're not actually going to talk about the show. We're talking about our ailments. I've got athlete's foot. It's not great. Ooh, you fungal boy. fungal <laughs> <laughs> You're one of them from The Last of Us. Ooh, that's where it starts. Ooh. I, I have no ailments to speak of. I hit my head in the loft. Apart, apart from that, it's, oh, that's an ailment. But I, I do that. I do that every time I go in the loft, <laughs> just yeah. for fun. You think you'd learn? <laughs> yeah, just for fun. Ah, mild concussion. Nothing <laughs> like it. Those are the days. <laughs> the dizzying that's, effects of a concussion. That's how I get ah. my high. <laughs> I just wipe my head off the rafters. What are you doing today, Chris? Ah, relatively concussed. <laughs> I need are to you in the loft again? I <laughs> <laughs> ah, frequent trip to the loft. Those, that's the feeling you need to get. Chris, so we don't need anything from the loft. But I do. <laughs> Chris, ah. we, don't even have, we don't even have a loft. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> what have I been climbing then? What have I been climbing? Oh yeah! I'm just mm. halfway up the stairs in a daze. <laughs> this isn't a ladder. I've been calling these ladders my entire life. It's my life. It's not ladders. <laughs> no, that's a mild. St- it's like two, three steps. How's that a ladder? Yeah. What? I thought it was a step ladder. What are these things you call stars? Stars? stars. Doesn't sound right. Yeah, you've had, to learn, sound right you had to learn everything about the English languages from books and your own learning. You just got yeah. everything wrong. And you're horrifically dys- dyslexic, but no one's diagnosed you. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, preaching my life there, Toby. That's a character. That <laughs> <laughs> sounds oddly familiar. I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> it's, gone, it's gone too real. Let's take, take a bit. Yeah, 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 it's gone too real. Got too real. Oh, God. I'm having a flashback. Oh, right. They're in the trees. The Scrabble tiles. The Scrabble tiles. <laughs> What does it say? Twee? <laughs> a Z? What am I doing with a Z? That's a good Sunday, everybody. Yeah, oh, yeah. Man. Tell us yeah. Of the week. <laughs> I was yeah. going to say, edit this shit. Or a start to the... No, don't edit it. Just, just throw it in. I just don't, literally don't edit this. <laughs> just like, that's this, why it's, this is the reality. That's why it's just chatting. That's why yeah. it's just chatting. Oh man! Do you know what? It used to be called ten minute talks, and we're five minutes in. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That just summarizes us, there, doesn't it? Really? I feel it like does. Tommy and I did well to keep our episodes short for a soul count. <laughs> <laughs> Not gonna happen this time, boys. Uh, Ian has entered right. the game. He is. <laughs> what is the intro anyway, Chris? Give us fire. Shall I just do it? Should we just get into it? Yeah, yeah, just do it. But yeah, keep boy. all. I do. Fi- just keep this in. Don't worry about it. What is the intro? Go for it. Right, here we go. What are you, you going to say? Probably what I normally say. That's usually what I do. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> when are you going to do it then? <laughs> Shut the fuck up, up. <laughs> Hello everyone and welcome to The Phantom Zone, your one-stop shop for all things nerdy. If you like what you hear today, you can listen to our other episodes on a whole range of nerdy topics, now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts and on SoundCloud. My name is Chris Buick, and I'm joined today by two of our very own gods of mischief, my friends <laughs> and fellow nerds, Toby and Ian. How are you both? Hello. Yes. Hello. Great. Doing well. Doing well. I am 
I am known by uh, Simone from time to time as an agent of chaos, so I'm fine with that title. Oh, it's your dub that. from your favourite movie franchise, uh, the Dark Knight trilogy. Oh, is it? Yeah. I didn't know that. That's what they oh, had with the Joker. Oh, now I feel... F- oh, fucking hell. I hate that now. <laughs> I feel like she did that deliberately. No, it's I feel so. I feel so too. <laughs> oh, I feel dirty. <laughs> but yes, Gods of Mischief indeed. Yeah, good to be here. Good to be here. Good, because we are back this week with Glorious Purpose with our brand new and not at all rebranded... Yeah, God, you're today. smashing it. You're smashing it today, Chris. <laughs> Thank you very much. We're back for a brand new and not at all rebranded once again, Just Chatting series. Just chatting. Just chatting. (laughs) Change it up again, guys. Dedicated to the latest series of Loki, (laughs) out now on Disney Plus with new episodes every Friday. And we are here this week to talk about episodes one, two, and three. Essentially the first half of this six episode show. Maybe we should wait until the other three. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We'll just wait until the last Well, we're we're here now. But before we get into those episodes... Both of you guys were very lucky to go and see episodes one and two at a very special premiere at the yeah. BFI, I believe. Yep, 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 yep. BFI, yep. South Bank BFI, yes. How, how was it? It was an interesting, yeah, part of their London thing, film festival. It? Yeah, so the That's film the festival one. starting and the, the premiere to sort of kick it all off was the, uh, yes. the first two episodes of Loki season two. Yeah, and it was very funny. It, it was, was a good, good time being yeah. there. We were, we there was a big queue, it was a nice long queue. And uh, people dressed up like Loki, which was good time. There's always a queue. Get flashbacks now. I'd forgotten. All yeah, about did you forget about this? Yeah, yeah this was... and the manager and the manager, the we had manager to deal of with. the BFI. I think we might have been the manager or one of the managers or something. Um, we were told by one person about his position. Oh, very assertive. Maybe too assertive. I am the manager. Um, Listen to me. This one guy was like, "Oh, guys, if you've got tickets already, just go straight to the front." We started trotting up there because we had our tickets ready, and uh, this this man just came up and was like. And we were like to the to the front of the queue, and you need to go to the back of the queue. All right, that's not right. And I was like, the guy down there told us to do that, and he was like, oh, to him, but that's not right. And we were like, oh, I'm in charge. You go stand there. And we were like, okay, so it's okay, not a big deal. And then the other fella came up to us, and we just said, well, you know, you might want to just communicate yeah, to the other guys back there, just guy. because yeah. this this guy in the suit, he's uh, he's getting antsy, and he's yeah. like, oh yeah, he gets like that. <laughs> 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 we wanted him to be like, oh yeah, it doesn't work. Yeah, he's yeah. Right. <laughs> it was just a ma- and then there was the other woman as well oh, who sort of God, got, got, joined the queue after so us. Funny. She went to the same space, and the manager came up to her. It's all coming back to me. It's all coming back. Oh coming back God, to me. this was so funny. And there's a woman in like two. I'm assuming two daughters. She, yeah, she she's a, of- she's middle aged, and her daughters were in their twenties, thirties, or something. Yeah, and she went yeah. to the same sort of location that we were initially pointed to, and then the manager comes back again. And he's like, "What are you here to see? Are you here to see?" Loki, yeah, like, uh, she wasn't uh, even that. Toby. No, I'm here to see such and such. Like, oh, oh, we get in another queue. Then you're not supposed to be there. <laughs> it was. It wasn't even that. He went. He didn't even ask. What are you here to see? He was like, you got to get in this queue. You got to get in this one. And then he was like, if you're seeing Loki, you get into this queue. And she was oh, like, yeah. a, I'm not. What? <laughs> What's a Loki? <laughs> She's like, I don't know what that is. I don't know what I'm doing here. Yeah. And that's all before the film bloody started or the TV show started. It was a great yeah. bit of fun. Courtesy of the BFI. Woman. Thank you, BFI. Thanks, the, BFI. The BFI is usually gets... a very pleasant experience to go to. Yeah, it's lovely, yeah. usually. I've never had that before. <laughs> this poor old woman gets press ganged into watching Loki. <laughs> <laughs> we just kept picturing her sort of sitting behind us being like, I have no idea what's going on. Who is this? What is the show about? I've never even heard of a Disney Plus. 
we should probably thank Simone though, because she was the yeah. The she can't join us today, unfortunately. But massive thanks to Simone. She got us the tickets yeah. with her Easy. industry connections. I think it's that. Oh, she read an email. It was one of the two things. It was one of those. Either way, she did all the hard work. Either way, valuable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Either way, thank you very much. Right. Well, glad you enjoyed it. Should we? Should we say who we met at the? the you can say who the, you met if you want. Yeah, yeah. I think. I think actually, wasn't it? Is it the manager? It was, <laughs> was it that the woman? manager of BFI? Was <laughs> that um, woman shaking with terror in the corner? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> tears in her eyes. What's a Loki? <laughs> What's a Loki? No, we were privileged enough to have a talk beforehand yeah, from the uh, showrunner, uh, whose name is Toby. So they had Mike Waldron, who's the showrunner, and then they and had then... the director of episode two of the season uh, called Dan Delu. Um, who worked on a few other things, didn't he? He was like produced yeah. Iron Man Free, which people mm-hmm. went woo, and we were like, "Don't woo that. That's not uh, Iron Man Free. I will woo Iron Man Free. Woo, mm-hmm. yeah, no, I don't. yeah, okay. I'll do that. But yeah, it was, it was yeah, interesting. Be, okay, okay, because the um the, beforehand they did the Q and A, so they had a BFI yes. rep who had a few questions of her own, yeah. and it was obviously very led in terms of how wonderful yeah. you are and what were the yeah, creative processes and things. But I think um, God Ian and I, men. we sort of gleaned quite a few interesting nuggets. Interesting stuff. Yeah. yeah. Interesting yeah. nuggets. One of the ones that I picked up on, because I think, Toby, you picked up on some other ones, but one of the ones which I found quite interesting was she asked, where does Loki fit within the NCU? Yeah. And both of us felt after that conversation that, They've kind of been just their exact words were we have a corner in this sandbox and we're going with this this vision of yeah. our Loki, mm. which kind of felt like so is it as connected as we thought this phase was? And that might imply why we've had such like disjointedness or that feeling that we've had with the MCU recently. Mm. That perhaps these aren't as connected as we thought they were. Yeah. Um, which we found interesting. Yeah, and I think they also mentioned, or Mike also mentioned that. I mean, we're on first name basis. Mike, <laughs> you're um, on first Mike. <laughs> Me and Mike were. Me and Mike, we were sitting there. But Mike, Michael Waldron, he um, he announced he was sort of saying that he'd actually been working on Loki for the that first season for about five mm. years. So whether or not they'd been planning the the Kang dynasty and all that sort of stuff back then, because that that would have still been sort of in the the end game period. It would have been yes. So mm-hmm. it. it leads to think like were they gestating this idea and if they were sort of following this this sand pit analogy side of things then they really didn't give a crap what the wider mcu doing Mm, they were just focusing on the one product and i think that in itself shows why at least for our circle of um friends friends we believe friends is the word. What, what yeah. are those? Yeah, like, those... Like, you paused. Oh, uh, mm, are we like friends? Have we got <laughs> to that point? <laughs> are we friends? <laughs> this we're already professional. Um, <laughs> the, the... Ian Lonnie was never my friend. <laughs> Who is you that? You've definitely become people I know. <laughs> <laughs> you are the people that I talk to. The the Loki show was the probably the highest quality of all the TV shows. Yes, correct. And so, maybe uh, of the recent MCU dispatch anyway, like of yeah, films yeah, yeah. and TV Arguably. shows. I think mean, it's one Arguably. of the highest quality yeah. of all yeah. of them. Yeah, yeah. So it 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 kind of led us to believe that that kind of fulfilled our ideas and at least yes. our thought process behind that. So it was it yes. was a quite a cool uh, back and forth between a lot of mm-hmm. them. And then uh, mm-hmm. the Dandaloo, he he kind of gave some insight about how. Um, 
this show wasn't necessarily going to be trying to change the mold, but it was more of a continuation of the story that they started in season one and yes. how Loki was not necessarily um, trying to continue on the path of villainy, but more how he's maturing and how he's fulfilling more of a heroic role mm. while still having tendencies of his prior life coming back. Um, they they briefly was, was mentioned... Nice. Yeah, they briefly mentioned like anti-hero s stuff, but not yeah. quite like that. They wanted it to be, oh, we don't want this to be a run-of-the-mill sort of anti-hero story. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think they've achieved that in, in many ways. So, yeah, and I, I, one of the big things, which I guess leads us well into the episodes, is that it does pick up immediately where things lead. Yeah, left. Off, yeah. Uh, yeah, which they told us before it started. They were like, we are just going straight in. This is a continuation. Yeah. There isn't a gap. So you could watch season one and season two together, mm-hmm. um, which is very interesting. And it does, you know, add to what we were just saying there with Toby and and, and what Mike and Toby were talking to each other about, <laughs> uh, <laughs> that uh, they have really thought about this as their own story that they're yeah. working on for five, six, however many years now. And they, I don't think they're really thinking about the wider MCU. Of course, there's like... Yeah. Easter eggs, nods, the stuff that we'll, of course, allude to, maybe things that we think, but yeah. it is very much this is what we're working on. And you can tell that, I think. I yeah. think you can see yeah. the quality in this. Yeah, it definitely feels like its own little universe. Mm. Yes. Yeah. I've gleaned over these three episodes that kind of vibe as well, that yeah. I think they're kind of like, well, all that stuff's going on. That's all very well and good, but we've we've got a focused story we are trying to tell, and yeah. everything else is kind of like, you know, just there, and yeah. we yes. don't, it doesn't yeah. really matter. And I think um, Ian, you sort of mentioned that to to me when we were in the BFI that they kind of highlight that by trivializing what was such a huge aspect of the original MCU yeah. universe with yeah. Yeah. the Infinity Stones. Mm. You know, I've, they made I've, them paperweights. Yeah, I feel that Loki is like a really good example. It's I kept saying revisionist, but I don't actually think that's the right word for it. But like it, the first I season of Loki. thanks um because why i was using that is because like revisionist westerns is very much like an aspect of like the genre of evolution that westerns went through but very much what revisionist westerns are doing is like a deconstruction of like american history rather than its own genre whereas they're more deconstructionist westerns and like i think the only thing superhero genre has in comparison in terms of like the cinematic like influence is Westerns. You know, they were huge at that time and a massive influence on cinema. They went through many phases and the MCU people go, oh, it's this very unique thing. But I think it does have similarities to uh, the, the boom of Westerns. So I think what we're seeing, and I think I've talked about it in different episodes where I've called it deconstructionist, but you know, this, this sort of like analysis that I'm having is that I think you know, the things that are of high quality that we're getting at the moment play with the genre of of superhero films and deconstruct the genre in different ways, either by looking at it through a different lens with a different genre, whether it be comedy like with Deadpool or, um, you know, a Western in itself, a neo-Western with Logan. Um, I think the animated sort of world that, you know, Spider-Man into Spider-Verse is giving us, but also deconstructing it like with those ones. It's like Death of a Hero with Logan and then, with Into the Spider-Verse, it's like somebody who should have never been a hero. And with yeah. this, it's obviously what we were talking about with like an anti-hero or a villain character. But also it's deconstructing everything that we had prior in the MCU, mm. as Toby alluded to with them saying with the 
the paperweights of the infinity stones also with the timelines it's like everything was always going to happen like we just learned that dr strange looked for all the timelines and it's like this is the only one that would work but in actual fact it was always going to happen anyway so it doesn't really matter you know that's what we were given in the first season but then by the end kind of rebuilds that by saying well actually he who remains is the one who decides and if he's not there then chaos ensues um and I, I think that's why, you know, I loved the first season of Loki. I thought it was mm. outstanding and such a great way to start this new phase of the Marvel Universe. I think it really started things off in this deconstruction. You know, you think you know the MCU. Well, you bloody don't. Whereas now, since that, I actually think it's been quite middling, as we've discussed many times. We won't get into that as much. But it's good to see this season, this show back, you know, yeah. because I want to have more of that. Um, yeah. You know, I won't go on too long because we've got episodes to talk about. We've got it to talk about. But yeah, that's that's my vibe on what Loki kind of was doing in the first season. It's like deconstructs a lot. It's very, very well put, you know, I must say. Um, I totally agree with a lot of your points. And There might be a cheeky essay on the way. There mm-hmm. might be. There might be. Might be. <laughs> I think season one of Loki was one of, and we've said this a few times, I think we all agreed, was the highlight of that whole aftermath kind of thing. Um, and it was always going to be interesting to see if season two kind of carried it on. So let's start with episode one, Ouroboros, which, as you said, picks up right where season one left off with Loki after his encounter with He Who Remains at the end of time, having been pushed through the town door by Sylvie that finds himself back in the TVA but is now suffering between a weird condition that causes him to involuntarily jump between different timelines uh, in the past where no one at the TV knows him, including Mobius um, and the present or head present that he knows of in the TVA um, where he tries to warn Mobius and everyone else about the threat of he who remains in an attempt to help Loki stop time slipping as it were Loki and Mobius seek out TV technician called Orboris or OB, who comes up with a plan that might be the only way to save him from being erased from existence forever. Meanwhile, when the TVA uh, and hunters find out that uh, Sylvie is likely the cause of the multiple new timeline branches, having killed he who remains, General Docs has several hunters arm themselves to go out and find Sylvie. It's a very busy first episode. There's a lot going on. Um, and like you say, it kind of picks up straight from where season one left off. So we're right back into it. There's no easing into it. It's very much um, hit the ground running kind of vibe. Um, what did we think of episode one? Obviously, you guys were seeing it in a very nice, special setting. Um, mm. But what did we think of the first episode? The poor woman crying next to us. Yeah, I know. <laughs> She's forced to, she was forced to take a seat. I don't know what's going on. Like, just shut um, up. We're trying to watch the show. Yeah, shut your face. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I think it was good. I think it was a, a good way to jump back into the universe. I think you are right. There's a lot going on. And I think that's probably something that's we might talk about in all three of these episodes. But they're very busy. There's a lot of things happening in the, the to set up what we're about to have. Um, I really liked the introduction of OB. I yes. think that was great. Mm-hmm. Um, and I find his character very interesting. Yeah. Um, I think it yeah, it poses a lot of questions because I think at the end, what did you guys think at the end of season one? Because we've rewatched all of it. I thought they were going to be in a branch timeline where Kang had taken over the TVA. But what we discover is that, you know, this is actually just further in the past. And everybody's heads have been reset multiple times. Yes. Um, I found that interesting. But I it's was also in the in... same 
areas you i thought yeah Kang i thought it was going to be and uh we were sort of going to be taking out well we were going to be sort of leading into how season two was going to be working around a kang yeah. in charge no, kang's not around at all no 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 He's it's not quite, even about yeah as soon as they revealed throughout the episode that he was going to the past that was really i i thought that was really unique and the yes. concept that they'd each had their mind wiped over and over again i mean they've been well, there for eons so they've said so god knows how long this has been going on for only one hasn't, which I've seen a theory online about this. Ob hasn't been had his mind wiped. True. Well, S- well, because we don't necessarily know because he's been kept. Well, I mean, he's been kept down in the dungeon. For so the, I think it, the joke is that they've forgotten about him, and maybe yeah. Kang forgot yeah. about him. Yeah. But then he's done a lot of building. He's written that little orange book. Yeah. I think Ob's going to end up being really important. Yeah. Like obviously the the mm-hmm. episode's named after him. Yeah. I think he might end up being like really important. I yeah. feel there's more behind that character that we haven't we don't know about yet, and he's he obviously his mannerisms and the way he acts I think might be a slight front to something else that he. Here's a crazy theory, which I don't think will happen. But obviously, a big elephant in the room for this show is the issues with Jonathan Majors at the moment. We'll try not to get into that because, you know, it is what it is. Like, there's no change in that situation. They're in Mm -hmm. this show, so we should talk about his acting, etc. But some people online have said, is OB a version of Kang? And, like, is actually there being, like... Kanging. Now, I don't think that is what's happening. <laughs> kanging is kanging a verb. He's kanging around. Um, but might be an interesting way to kind of write Jonathan Majors out and just being this guy in. You know, <laughs> it's good work. Good. Yeah, yeah. It's not. It's not unfeasible that that. Could I wouldn't happen. like it personally. I don't think that I would be great. I don't. But... I also don't think that Kihu Kwan has that kind of. I love him, don't get me wrong, but that kind of menace to be... Yeah, I was going to say, of... I've never seen him play a villain, have you? Yeah, so I don't... I'd, and I'd, I wouldn't like it either. It'd be weird to watch that kind of thing unfold, but I do think he's more integral yeah, to... I think there's something going on there. The whole cosmos yeah. of it all than mm-hmm. lets on. Um, Toby, what did you think? I liked it. <laughs> and there we What's go. not <laughs> to like? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean... I, I uh, I kind of just echo what you guys have said. Um, I think realistically, Ouroboros was obviously so intrinsic for the first couple of episodes. I mean, when we go into episode three, I want to talk a bit more about him. Um, but I, I think with that's an interesting theory. I I personally do not like like Chris the idea of him being a Kang variant. Yeah, I don't like I th- that. Either. I think yeah. I think people have been saying that ever since this issue with Jonathan Majors has been coming around. I mean, Christ, people were saying that about the High Evolutionary this that and the other and it's mm, just mm. and also, also pe- again people leading... theorize too much don't they they just just yeah i mean that's that's, that's been yeah. part of the the sort of mcu community since day one but yeah. i think with um how victor timely in episode three is used i i really think that this show's idea of potentially relaunching another character as kang it's not going to happen they're using jonathan majors as the character they intended for Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think there's going to be any deviation from that. Um, so I, I not think... yet, anyway. No, at the moment, not yeah, yet. But I, I think not in this show. Either. I think once the situation evolves more, that might change depending on what happens. Possibly, yeah. it's yeah. I agree. I think, as you said, Toby, when we get to episode three, Victor Timely, the fact that they've kind of doubled down on uh, Jonathan Majors in the show, um, 
which you know obviously this might have been filmed before certain things came up and were revealed but the fact means that they're not really planning on a deviation as such i i think i think you're right on that one yeah i think i think so and i don't i don't think i think to 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 expand a bit away from i guess that situation i think it's interesting but keeping on i guess kang it's interesting how kang's used in this initial episode he is very much a specter that hangs over mm-hmm. the episode yeah um i think that works and it wasn't what i was expecting at all as toby was saying at the beginning i very much like toby thought kang was going to be like front and center big bad we're going to have to be dealing with him but i like how it's almost like this big specter of he who remains is now gone but there's like his presence is kind of everywhere mm. and something that's very interesting which again i think is obviously playing into the the episodes that we're coming into now and i think a big part of what we talk about theorizing what's going to happen ooh, uh is we hear kang in this first episode that's the only real we obviously see lots of statues yeah. of him but we hear his voice talking to renslayer which appears to be at like the beginning of the TVA. We don't know exactly when, but he's like thanking her for her help in the time war. And, you know, he wouldn't be able to do this without her. But then her brain has also been wiped at some point. So it's all kind of, it's very intriguing in this first episode on what Kang's sort of presence is like. What has he done? What has he who remains actually done to create all of this? what actually happened in those beginning bits and i think that also comes into play with miss minutes as well we're very much like what what happened at the beginning of all of this um which i found interesting i found interesting yeah and i don't think obviously the flashbacks to the the past um i think it's something we've seen in film and tv before is when you know generally and when you're going to the future is you change something and then the whole universe has changed you know like if you think of I don't know, Back to the Future 2, when Biff gets the almanac and basically changes the course of time, you know, it's kind of coming back. But I like the way that they've gone, they've given you a glimpse of that, but not said it's set in stone. Maybe just, mm. uh, this is a possibility. This is one of many possibilities. And you don't, this show is, what they're saying with this show is, we don't, you don't really know where we're going to take you for the next six episodes or wherever the story is going to go. So I kind of like that you are kind of on the back foot as a viewer watching for the first episode where you don't really, the pieces aren't falling into place quite for us anyway, as much. And then you, as you're, you're right, as you get here, that recording between he who remains or Kang and um, Renslayer, you're kind of like, okay, well there's clearly it's all tied together, but we, we have no idea how yet, but makes it for me anyway, very intriguing and fun to watch the show. And then, Unlike with other Marvel shows, I've got to the end of an episode and go, right, when's the next one? I need to see the next one. Like, I I, I want to see what's going on. Whereas before, I've previously been just like, okay, well, I know it's on. I'll watch it at some point. Whereas, <laughs> you know, um, but I had fun with this episode. I think it was, I think it was good. It's nice to see Loki back. It's nice to have some fun back in the MCU. Um, did you guys, I guess, how do we broadly rate this episode uh, as a start to season two of Loki? You first, Toby. Um, I thought it was broadly good. I think uh, it was quite fun sort of seeing the dynamic that whilst all this chaos was going on, that they still had to sort of fall back to bureaucracy. You know, they still had to like answer to mm-hmm. the, the whatever council members they still had left at the board. 
and they had the sleeping general and they had the two sort of more militant and uh, I, I, I believe she was the judge in the first season yeah um so it was, it was quite funny to sort of seeing them having to answer to these people who don't have answers and just seem more lost than anything else. And you've got the more militaristic one who's just like, we've just got to stop pruning things. And then another chap who's just totally out of it. Um, I thought that was quite fun, but I think the, the overall episode, I, I, I'd say it was broadly good. It was, it was great to have good content from the MCU coming back again. Um, and I think, uh, sort of the, the, the promise of what was to come from this episode in particular, and to a degree episode two, was far more promising than anything we've seen um, in the MCU for quite some time. Ian? Yeah, I, I, th- I think I agree with that. You know, like, I think the key thing that Toby said there, which I really agree with, is that it's good to see good quality from the MCU. Yeah. Like, it's been a bit where we've had quite a, like, especially with the TV shows, as you say, Chris, like, they didn't really engage or push what i was wanting to see um and it's a really good start to the season there's a lot of interesting and intriguing bits obviously you know loki slipping into the future as well we see um the lift scene where sylvie's coming out of the lift and he gets pruned we don't know who did that um i think there's a lot of intriguing things that are happening uh or in this first episode and it really does set up that that those questions for the rest of the season uh but it is just of really good quality i would say it's broadly good and i completely agree with toby that like it's just good to have something of like good acting really good writing good performances and like just the universe the the whole tva like the bureaucracy the elements of it it's all very interesting and it's a good it's a good start again uh, and it fills me with hope and joy and good good probably probably good across the board i agree i totally agree i think yeah good quality Nice to be back in the MCU and actually, you know, wanting to engage and feeling like something's happening that's significant and fun to watch and exciting. And yeah, so carrying on into episode two, which is called Breaking Brad. Loki, Mobius and Hunter B-15 find and capture Hunter X-5, aka Brad Wolf, in London 1977 on the Sacred Timeline. Initially, I'm willing to talk after some more extreme methods of information extraction from Loki. Brad is finally forced to admit to abandoning Doc's mission and revealing Sylvie's location. With their new information, the group travel to Oklahoma 1982, where Sylvie is spending her complete free will to work at McDonald's, apparently. Loki tries to warn her of their impending encounter in the TVA's future, but she refuses to involve herself. Wolf proclaims that the group is in mortal danger, and Sylvie, enchanting him, reveals that Dox's plan is to simultaneously destroy the branching timelines that are appearing off the sacred timeline. Loki, Mobius, and Sylvie eventually intercept and capture Dox, but she is largely succeeded and most of her allies have escaped. The TV receptionist Casey, at back at the TV, manages to track down the rogue Ravona Rainslayer's Tempad in one of the remaining branching timelines. So, again, a lot happening in episode two. What did we think of this one? Obviously, I assume you watched these back-to-back at the premiere. Is that right? Yeah. Was that a, or was there a break, or did you just go straight in? No, they went straight into, which was quite fun. Um, I mean, it was a prelude to having to moderate ourselves, because after seeing the first two episodes, I just wanted to watch episode three. Um, so sort of getting back to a weekly release was kind of frustrating. Yeah. But uh, I, I think it was quite... It, this was a fun episode. It was nice to have sort of a, I, I guess, it 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 was kind of changing the stakes a little bit from the first episodes, 
um, whilst also sort of continuing the plot lines that it, it brought in forward. Um, I thought Sylvie's backdrop of falling into McDonald's was a little bit sus, having a big corporation following another big corporation being Disney. Um, it was an interesting, you could have just had any sort of non-branded um, company, but I guess, you know, Disney's got to pay the bills as well. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I thought it was quite interesting to see someone who's had such a distinct life and not really sort of have uh, any proper life, I'd guess, because she's been sort of flitting between uh, timelines because uh, that was sort of the whole premise of the first season that she's been sort of hiding out in disasters and things of that nature. So having something quite mundane, yeah, like a McDonald's uh, counter job. She's craving simplicity, I guess. At yeah, this point. <laughs> uh, so that that was quite unique. Um, I felt if there's one criticism to this, that they felt like they were, they were chasing the stakes and everything was to a time scale, but it was only sort of at the very end that we realized what the time scale was about in terms of um, Doc's trying to, prune all these different timelines mm. um but it, it was a good episode overall what did you think ian yeah i mean i i feel uh probably similar i don't know like rethinking about this episode because there's a while since i watched it so i did like a recap of it um much like yourself toby i was like oh man why why did we watch two at once <laughs> but um i feel like it kind of rushed to the action near the end i agree like it, it kind of was like we got to have an action sequence and we kind of got there and it kind of felt out of place for the for the vibe of what loki's been like in season one and and also the, the first episode is far more and also the majority of this one it's far more like character heavy far more talking narratives dialogues than action and I felt like the action at the end of this one where everybody's trying to prune the the, the timelines just felt a bit a bit out of place like a big action scene in episode yeah. two i didn't it didn't really click with me as well um i liked seeing loki being like a mischievous like character again i think you know something we did get in the in the the q a beforehand with uh the showrunner and the director was that this episode we get to see loki perhaps a bit darker like he yeah. was and uh, uh, as the god of mischief i liked that first sequence um there's some cool Easter eggs in there as well that I didn't pick up on, but thanks to a video I saw, like there is a reference to the Eternals in this show, which I don't think the Eternals has been referenced in any MCU stuff. So I was kind of like, oh yeah, look, um, it's, still, a, it's still a thing. It's still a thing. I was like, oh my god! But there's a poster for the the actor Eternal who like just pretends he's his grandfather over multiple years. It's like his first film is on the same like uh billing as the the film that hunter x10 is it the, x5 yeah, x5 has gone and become an actor which i was like oh yeah eternals that was a thing that was, that was a, a thing, thing. <laughs> yeah um but it's a good episode and i think you know well it's, it is a good episode but it doesn't i think it ends in a bit of a oh okay sort of way do you know what i mean like i didn't i felt like the whole setup in the first episode of you know, the judge going out to be like, I'm going to do my own thing was going to be a bit of a bigger storyline in the show. Yeah. And, and but it kind of just ended and it doesn't pick up in episode three. It's just that is literally just, I guess, the end of that, I guess. Yeah. Like that felt a bit weird. It felt like that was going to be, especially as you say, Toby, in the first episode, I, I think that scene where the three of them are sat, they're arguing in the meeting room, I think is a really good scene. And then it just yeah. didn't 
kind of go to anything. So that was a bit disappointing. But the episode overall, getting to see Loki being himself again was was fun. Yeah, I mean the the best dynamic in this episode was the the interrogation scene between Loki and Brad Wolf. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. getting particularly him in the sort of. The, I can't remember what the device they called it, the little cube thing that kept shrinking. Yeah, that's good. That was fun. I, I kept I think um, assuming that they were going to try and do um, maybe an homage because he was being an actor and it kind of gave the vibe that it was sort of horror-esque that I thought they were maybe going to have a little bit of a nod to uh, Beware the wolf, Werewolf. Uh, what was it? Werewolf by Night. Werewolf by Night. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe have a little uh, Easter egg for that, but uh, mm-hmm. it didn't come about. But I thought everything involving brad wolf loki and mobius so from the premiere to the chase to then seeing loki use a little bit more of his powers which he seems a little bit more op in this season than he did in the first he's he's far more frequent with the the power usage in these last few episodes than he ever was in the first season also um, can control shadows now and uh the the tom hiddleston hair flip is going strong in this this season every few minutes i feel like he's either in the first episode it was the time slip in this it's chases and things like that and then in episode three there's a few bits and pieces but this little i may be the only one noticing it but every few minutes he's doing this head whip back and the hair's going backwards and you know what like, it's, it's the got- uh, what were we gonna hair, say? Yeah. He's got good. I was hair. gonna say, man's yeah. got good hair. Yeah. Maybe I'm just triggered because I got none. <laughs> <laughs> I'm. I, I. I. Do you know what? I had noticed it, and I was appreciative of it. I was like, yeah. But he's been doing point. that since Avengers. You know, when he's fighting. I thought you were gonna say he's been doing that since the beginning of his career. Forget this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was a Pantene Pro V spokesperson. Yes, he was. <laughs> he was. Um, yeah, I really, I actually really enjoyed more character-driven scenes in this. The, the gentleman who plays brad wolf uh rafael casal he i think he does a really good job in being like an, a, a a good antagonist to loki which you know is hard to be given who loki is you know kind of get under loki's skin a bit and push the buttons and it was good to see that kind of back and forth until obviously loki gets the upper hand with that cube um device um and it's, I, th- I think as well, a shout out to Owen Wilson, who I think has been really good in these three episodes and it's fun to watch and brings a lot of, you know, joy, but also kind of emotion to that kind of character, Mobius. And I feel like this episode out of the freeze particularly gets to showcase that a lot. Um, I do agree completely with the bit at the end. The action just seemed like it was tacked on in the last five minutes as if, oh, we need to wrap this up and, you know, do something that's going to, bring us into episode three and you know be a bit more you know higher stakes um it did feel a bit rushed together at the end but um i i still enjoyed this episode uh for what it was uh you guys generally thoughts rate reviews ratings yeah yeah it's all right i think I'd this one's oddly right. fine this one yeah personally what do you think toby yeah I'd, i'm i feel like it lost a little bit of momentum from the first episode but I think watching it back to back was definitely a good thing because yes, I, I guess the, sort of the, the intrigue was great. I think if maybe you'd waited a week between episodes, it would have been a little bit more lackluster. Um, I think you're hundred percent right with that, Toby. I think that it helped that we watched them back to back. Yeah, I mean, that's I, I, so true. And it'd be interesting to see how this show as a whole would, because I've only ever seen the first season once at, episodically. Um, I've never watched it all in one go, 
so I, I don't know how that sort of adds or takes away from the quality of it but i mm. feel like this definitely seems like a binge show like if you absorb all the content at once so you watch mm. each episode back to back you probably get more out of it than you would waiting between a week because i feel like when we talk about episode three again i kind of feel that the momentum was lost a little bit mm. and i mm. think having watched it back to back definitely added to more of the intrigue yeah, than that, waiting a week i think because episode one hit, like hits the ground running and just doesn't stop to the very end that you kind of are already on a momentum to go into episode two so for you guys who got to see it straight after it probably just carries through a bit better but if you have to then stop like i did and wait a week it kind of like you have to pick that back up again and try and yeah it, it i feel i agree i think it's one of those things that mm-hmm. probably is as a as a continued narrative across the series rather than blocks would benefit more especially between episodes one and two and then three I to point i think that's very true yeah i think we just rewatched season one in anticipation for season two and we just kind of binged it so we did like two episodes a night over three days or something and it it flows really really well like it connects very well i yeah i wonder re-watching this in its entirety how that would feel like that because yeah i think the end of this episode particularly just kind of like doesn't click as well uh now that i've gone back to it so i think you're i think you're dead on the money there toby i think it w- is better to like watch it all in one just just quit quit your job and just watch season one of loki and two in one big go and i'm sure it would work really well there you go. There's our recommendation. <laughs> Just wait for it all. Um, let me say, episode one, broadly good. Episode two, broadly fine. We then obviously go into episode three, the latest one, bringing us to the halfway mark in this series. So episode three called 1893, which despite the title is actually starts in 1868 with Miss Minutes and Rensselaer traveling back to Chicago at that time to secretly drop the TVA guidebook to a young Victor Timely, who we mentioned previously, who is a variant of He Who Remains and who informed Miss Minutes about this very plan before his death. They then travel to 1893 to the Chicago World's Fair, uh, where Loki and Mobius also arrive, having tracked Renslayer's time pad. There, they see Timely presenting the first prototype of the temporal loom, which has obviously been a big uh, MacGuffin in this series so far. Um, Loki and Mobius want to use uh, Timely uh, and his aura to fix the temporal loom on Obi's suggestion, they, whereas Renslayer and Miss Minutes want to him to take his variant's place uh, with them at his side in a, I guess, a grab for power. But of course, there's also Sylvie who wants to kill uh, Timely to prevent his rise to power. Loki manages to convince Sylvie to allow them to take Timely back to the TVA, um, which she does. But she then is left alone with Renslayer, who she sends back to the Citadel at the end of time with Miss Minutes being brought along as well. There they get to see He Who Remains' his corpse from season one, and Miss Minutes reveals that she knows a secret about Renslayer. So, episode three. Obviously, this brings us halfway, and kind of where we're at to date. What do we think episode three, Ian? Uh, I, wasn't, I wasn't that crazy about episode three, if I'm honest. Yeah. Like, it was very messy 
I found. Like your your description is uh, way more concise than the episode is. Like <laughs> it's the episode is kind of all over the place, and like I didn't, it didn't click with me. I think there's ep- elements of that that we'll go into, but like. I just felt like the whole like timely being introduced and like the the temporal loom. It's like as you said, it's a bit of a MacGuffin, and it kind of feels like you, they're kind of oh well. The first problem was them bombing the timelines. Now it's the temporal loom. We need to do something else. And it's like I don't know. I felt this episode was just a bit of all over the place. Mm. Personally. I mean, it makes sense that they're going to introduce a new variant at some point, and you know, I don't have a problem necessarily with timely be the way they've introduced that i think i agree though there's a lot happening side bits in this episode obviously his issues with people of that time that he's swindled out of money that kind of eats up runtime that could probably been better Mm. served and Mm. you know there's a lot of back and forthing between you know exposition wise about why they're doing what they're doing and detailing like plot that we've already know and seen which i was like well i already know this and it just felt like a lot of time was eaten up of the episode on needless stuff that could have just been like right let's clear all that out and do something that brings us to a different point and i totally agree with the the what the stakes are or what's causing the stakes to be high seems to be flitting between two things obviously loki's been time slipping then it was a temporal loom but then it was the branch timelines being bought but now it's back to the temp so what is the problem can we focus on that and you know kind of get but i didn't dislike the episode but it wasn't i just felt like it there was a lot in there that just was you know fluff essentially for me that could have been focused better for me toby yeah, I mean, I'd agree. I I found this is for me anyway the weakest of the three episodes. I thought um, I I I found Victor timely aggravating. I mean, I yeah, I, I, I he, he did wear a bit after yeah, a while. I don't yeah. I don't know what it is because Jonathan Majors was great in some of the things I've seen, been, but I feel like with Kang and the variants, I feel like it, he's kind of been given the opportunity to just fuck around because the variants don't matter really because they'll be the next one until the final one and that's going to be the big bad so like i guess maybe he's just trying out different characters or different um variations on what he can do but i found victor timely just really aggravating i found that his mannerisms obnoxious if i'm honest um, and i i just i didn't feel the need of the character more than just the temporal loom requirement i part like, of me was like are you doing willy wonka are you yeah. trying to do that kind Wait, of vibe it was like willy wonka meets um nikola tesla yeah. <laughs> but it, it just it didn't coalesce for me and i i found that um other than just his appearance they didn't like he was surplus to requirement in the episode because really they were there not because of him it was uh ravenna renslayer you know that was why they were there and and miss minutes who were arguably arguably more of the interesting characters to this piece, um, particularly towards the end, and I, I I just felt like he was like I said surplus to requirement. It didn't really add much to me, and considering that the scene that we are first introduced to the Victor Timely was uh, extra from Ant Man or was a cutout from this scene into Ant-Man at the post credit scenes, I felt mm. like this was going to be more important. 
Mm-hmm. But it, it, yeah. his introduction, other than just being a Kang variant, didn't really wow me. It just aggravated. And also, I think that uh, the inclusion of him being from the past kind of contradicts what Kang was about. He came from the 31st century in the comics. So are they saying now that he's had forward information in the past, which has allowed him to be more technologically advanced in the what would be then the present, the 1800s? Um, and what is this then character going to become he who remains? I'm I'm kind of confused on where this Victor Timely is going to fit in the scheme of things. Is he who remains Victor Timely or is Victor Timely just a random Kang variant? I just, I don't really see his import at the moment. I, I thought it was that Victor Timely. I, well, firstly, I totally agree with the performance that Jonathan Majors kind of like selected for this. And I think you are 100% right that like tonally in that pr- like little sneak peek we had, it was very much set up that he was going to be like a sinister character. And instead it was like, I really didn't like it actually. I, it wasn't even that it grated on me. I actually like actively did not like this performance. Yeah. I even turned to Simone and was like, is Jonathan Majors a good actor? Like I know he's been in good things, but like his performances as Kang thus far barring he who remains i felt have been like eh like i just am yeah. like i don't really care and like the council of kangs was one thing that we were laughing at yeah. and now this i was like this is what is going on this is terrible like what was he doing like i didn't understand any of it i was like this is so stupid um with the time which timeline he's in i thought it was that you know you are right like kang usually is in the 31st millennium i'm kind of like I'm I'm kind of okay with them picking like a past Kang because I guess like multiple multiple yeah, multiple timelines could mean Kang could be anywhere I guess but in the comics it is more like his past like he is far more in the future but there is examples of like I guess future Kangs helping past Kangs to get more powerful so the future Kang could be even more powerful in the comics I feel with this like they were dropping off the book i felt like this isn't he who remains but he who remains was like look i've identified this because i feel again they haven't said this so it's very conjecture of me just hypothesizing but i feel like he who remains was like if anybody kills me there's this random like version of myself who's totally suggestible give him this book made by ob then pick him up I know it's like jumping through hoops here, hence why that's not why they've said it. Then you can make him he who remains. I don't think it is the same person. If the, if it is, then I don't like that. And I agree with you, Toby. I don't think that's good. If it turns out that he who remains is this person, Victor Timely, then I don't like that. That's stupid. And he who remains should have been from the future because then that would have made more sense. But if they if they don't do that and it's just a random Kang, I'm kind of more okay with it especially with the performance. I don't want this to be who who remains because that was a very great performance. And then this was just, just really annoying. And I hated it actually, to be honest, I really didn't like his introduction at all. I feel like if that was the case and he wasn't the, the, I guess the upcoming antagonist, it kind of says to my point about this episode was just wasting time and, you know, they could have done something Mm -hmm. else to kind of further, this idea if they have a grander idea fine great and i actually agree with you in that it would be preferable but then don't do this episode try to do it a different fresher way i get that they're trying to be 
they're trying to obviously have fun with the fact that they have the liberty of time settings and you know different eras and different things but you could have done something else with this i don't think yeah. this really was the best use of an of, of one of only six episodes of your show if you're trying to create something yeah we well, yeah when we when we finished, we were like, how many more episodes are there? And we were like, oh, only three. No, we so were like, oh. Which then worries yeah. about how much you're trying to cram into three episodes. Or... Yeah, because that, that's the thing. This is the halfway point. You'd think the stakes would have been set. very clearly set at this point, and we'd we'd be at some level mm. of midway crescendo, but it, it feels like it's only just getting to a point that it wants to try and get to, but at the same time, still not very clear on where it wants its pieces moved to you know because in season one by this point we had already met sylvie we knew that she was trying to bring down the time variance authority we don't know why but we knew what was going on and loki was now chasing her i think by this point we had had that she was a she was that we had seen that they had been reprogrammed as well because she had manipulated that hunter that that she had captured yeah so like there was a lot more like this, as you rightly say, that it was set. The stakes were set. She's going to destroy the TVA. Why? We're going to figure that out. Right now, after this episode, Chris, you really hit the nail on the head. There's loads of exposition in this episode, but none of it really takes us anywhere. Like I, I, The only bit of, I guess, interest really is Miss Minutes being kind of like jealous and attracted to, you know, variants of Kang wanting to be having a body so she can be powerful with him you know be her his, her his partner other than that did any of the places change for any of our characters do we no. really know yeah and to be of, honest that everyone's is, the same that that miss minutes plot line has been done to death That's yeah so, it's like, true yeah, yeah. A- ai, AI, wants to AI be, yeah yeah i mean christ they yeah. did with ultron mm-hmm. yeah, yeah it's so true it's, it's yeah, not it's new true. No. It, it was kind of diminishing to the character i kind of like the the mystery of her to be honest i mean the only thing at the end of this episode i was like oh i wonder what they're going to talk about with renslayer like what i guess maybe she knows her past and how like what what she was how does she fit in though yeah because like we hear that tape and also renslayer was a person on the timeline who got picked up yeah because we saw that at the end of last season so yeah yeah, it's a good point, Toby. I'm like, I, what is she going to tell her? Like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I also mm. think that the conversation that Loki and Sylvie have is very similar to the conversation they have in episode two. So it's like we're having this in again. every episode. In every point. episode, yeah, <laughs> exactly. And go, okay, we get it. You're on different sides of this this idea. So yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, can there be a bit more to it than just I think this is a good idea. I don't think this is a good idea. Yeah. Okay. Well, Sylvie's kind of been a bit of a an anomaly as well because she had a purpose in the first season in the second season she's more of a hindrance to the to the plot you know she's just there to get in the way and just yeah Mm -hmm. conflict yeah she actually hasn't had she doesn't have a motive this season thus far other than just continuing on from what she was doing in the first but at the same time she's kind of resolved that plot line because she's killed who he remains this is the ramifications that our loki is trying to resolve but now she's just being an acting hindrance. There, there, there isn't anything for her thus far to really do. Also, and I felt like that was very poignant in this episode. She was just retreading ground. In this episode, I love that. She, it's like I'd love if Loki was like, "You're actually just being really annoying." And you're just like, 
could you please stop doing this? <laughs> I can't agree more. Like even her not killing Victor Timely, I'm kind of like, why? Why are you trying to kill him anyway? Other than it's like, well, he's gonna become a monster, and it's like, well, I don't know. Like it just feels like getting in the way. More she was than warned else. about that at the end of season one. And she didn't seem to care. And now suddenly she cares yeah. that there's she variants went to McDonald's. Right. I know she went to watch McDonald's, you know, yeah. and she, she, but she was basically told if you kill him, then there will be others. And she was like, okay, that's fine with me. And now she's, now it's not okay. Now she's trying to kill all the bit. I was like, so you've changed your raison d'etre from <laughs> season one to season two. And now you like say she's just, she's being an antagonist for an antagonist sake at this point yeah. and doesn't which is a shame because sylvia was really good interesting character and is now just becoming this constant one note foil to loki every pain. episode a pain. Pain. Yeah, if, if, if he who remains was like hey, you kill me there's going to be lots more of me and she just goes bet cool i'm going to be the can killer from now on then it's like okay maybe mm. that's her motive random but maybe that's her motive but no, she decided that she wanted to find a life for herself and just get herself out of it. And then now she's just she's pulled back in for what? Like if she just carried like they 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 remedied the issue with Docs and the the TVA trying to prune or well, they did prune a lot of timelines. But mm. she could have happily just lived the rest of her life in that timeline if she wanted mm-hmm. to. She didn't have to get involved, but now she's getting actively involved for no reason thus far. Mm. Mm-hmm. It, I couldn't agree more. Like it, it's almost like if 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 she had gone on like a hell bent of like I'll be I'll there's one of me, there's a millions of me, and it's like well I'll always be seeking revenge. And like as we said at the beginning when we first see her in the McDonald's, it's like oh she just wants some normality, some calm. Like you can't have it both ways. You can't write it that she's wants normality and calm, but then she's also seeking revenge now all of a sudden. Yeah. Like it doesn't make sense. That doesn't make any sense for the character. And then I felt like what they were trying to do, but they just didn't do it well enough was that they were like, Oh, well, actually she heard on, on the grapevine when she was stood in, you know, the room that Renslayer's tempad has been, has been spotted. So it's like, okay, well, are they going to make it that she actually doesn't care about Kang? She wants Renslayer because that was the person who ruined her life. Mm-hmm. But then that don't really go anywhere. She just kicks her into the end of time where we see a, a de- decomposing Kang, which was pretty intense. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also was like, she kicked her into the future or wherever that is. And she didn't go, oh, give me your tempad. Give me give me your tempad that you've got in your pocket. Because of course everyone's got a tempad. Yeah. So it kind of felt like, oh, my my punishment to you is that you're going to be stuck at the end of time with a rotting body of he who remains. But instead, it was like, well, I got my tempad, so it's all good. Doesn't yeah, matter. Five anyway. seconds. It's, yeah. it's a mild endurance. It's yeah. It's, so I was like, so you built up this massive hatred towards Rensire, but then nothing really happened. So I was yeah. just kind of like, oh, okay. Well, that's yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I just I feel like they've kind of had a great character in the first season and they just don't know what to do with her now. They like have this big character who everybody really liked. We all really enjoyed her motivation. They've solved it and they've gone, oh crap, what do we do now? Yeah, we want to keep her in because we like the character, but we don't know what to do with the character. 
Bingo. Exactly yeah. that. I mean, arg- exactly arguably that. none of the characters are any further at the end of episode three as they were at the start of episode no. one. The only thing that is mm. for certain is the temporal loom. Something's going to happen with that, which will happen at obviously yeah. a very convenient Do- time point. But, you know. Maybe you guys can answer this for me. Why I, f- I get quite... Maybe it's because we had a gap between watching episode one and two to three. But, like, I don't really understand why... So all the timelines have been going off and then they've been brought back down, but the temporal loom still got problems for some reason. I don't know why is it still got issues if all the bombs did go off. So why it seems I... sorry, go you and Chris. I was just gonna say it seems that obviously when there was at the very start there was multiple branching timelines, the temporal loom was getting overloaded and to the point of like a catastrophic point, which is when they started pruning the timelines to bring it back down. It's basically in my eyes it seems like a bit like a nu- nuclear reactor that's just constantly yeah. over and they're just trying to keep it at bay and eventually it's just going to keep going until unless they keep bran- pruning the the other branches which obviously they don't want to do because obviously all the people who live on those branches as hunter um b15 keep shouting every episode as well <laughs> there's people on those timelines i was like can someone give her other dialogue please um but i think that's the Totally yeah, talk about a character that's just been one note and has <laughs> nothing to do. <laughs> it's literally yeah. her job. We can't do that because people live there. Yeah, that's disappointing. <laughs> she she it's... had a lot more in the first season, and now she's just been background. She's she's yeah, just been could... she's just terminal watcher with Casey. Is it Casey? Yeah, the... Casey, Casey, yeah, Casey. Yeah, 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 Casey. Yeah. That those that's those so are just true. In the background, <laughs> just said it. Oh, I don't like that line. That line's too high for me. <laughs> yeah, and she's like, "You can't prune it though, because there's people on there." And he's like, "But it's getting lot. It's getting too high." <laughs> yeah, even for Robin, I don't know. Even for Robin, this was just like, "We're all gonna die constantly." I was like, "Can someone yeah. please?" Yeah. Well, that, that's what I was gonna say actually it. about um, Obi in this episode is, and I guess now it kind of extends to the wider cast is that they've kind of it's Loki and Mobius, and then the rest are kind of just filling in air and Obi mm. has kind of just been related to exposition dump on the loom. You know, I'm the loom expert and I've written the book on this. So therefore this is my point now, or this is my purpose. And Casey and Hunter B52 or whatever her name is, they're, they're <laughs> Hunter her. They're doing nothing. They're adding nothing to this. No. And it, it, Especially, it, you know, carry on. Sorry, Toby. I was just going to say, and it just echoes with um sylvie that they don't know fully at this point what to do with these characters and especially from the first season which is all i was going to add but when the when you had hunter b52 and um the the, um sylvie you have like these characters actually have a lot going on like the hunter finds out that she had like a whole life and that she was like like a person and like that should mess you up. That yeah. should be like Christ. Like Morbius this is actually as well. something... yeah, Morbius as well. And like, and instead they just become one note. Like, just just as you say, exposition or telling us that we're all doomed or reminding us that there's people there. It do- they have no character development anymore, which is a real shame because the first episode feels like oh we've set up some intrigue. And we're going to follow the character study stuff that the first season does because it is very little action in the first season. It's very more conversational. In this one, it's like they've done a quite a bit of action, but the conversations haven't really led anywhere either. Just, yeah, 
not done anything with these really interesting setup pieces. So it's it's been quite disappointing actually for me. I've I've I loved Loki season one, and yeah. season two definitely is still better than a lot of the stuff we've been getting. But I don't know how much it's actually going to help progress the MCU in a place that. I think is 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 going somewhere. It still yeah. feels like we're just treading water. Well, that's know? that's yeah. I mean, that's that's it in a nutshell. It just doesn't seem to have progressed. And I guess we probably should have known because that's what the showrunner did actually say was that they were just sort of continuing the storyline rather than we pro- didn't listen. We didn't listen because <laughs> this is this is on you guys. These, yeah. these episodes do feel like it's just treading water. Like episode one kind of hit the ground running, and then it it just hasn't picked up enough steam again because we still like ultimately what is the stakes the loom that goes all right cool is that the tva gets destroyed or is it just all timelines get fucked that's such a good question i haven't even thought about that because if if the then timelines who cares? Keep, yeah well that's the thing because if the timelines keep branching well then all right that's that's what they set out to do in the first season but now yes of course because multiple kangs can exist also multiple kangs have done fuck all thus far um, of any any consequence well no no they stood in a little circle together and started hitting their chests yeah remember and, and got beaten by ants one of them and yeah. uh, <laughs> one's a grifter but more than that what have they done of consequence like if 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 they'd opened it up with kang really or, or multiple kangs just really wrecking shit in the first few episodes and be like okay cool we need to get the TVA back in order, so he who remains, or we will be the ones who remain. Whatever we want to sort this out as, as yeah, that's why a, we need to get things back in order. It's a very good point. At this point, Thanos had sent Loki to invade Earth with aliens. He'd sent his daughter to, you know, steal an Infinity Stone. He 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 was getting shit done. He was doing stuff. He was yeah. getting shit done early doors, <laughs> not sit, sitting on his golden sit, throne. I mean, he was sitting on his golden throne. He, at least he was sending lackeys, whereas Kang's just like. Give it time. They're like, how much time? <laughs> you know, <laughs> what are we doing? How long's so a piece much... of string? Yeah, yeah. What are we doing now? Are you selling some trousers to somebody? What's happening here? What's what's going on? It would. You are one hundred percent right, Toby. And like, I think that's what's been bothering me throughout all three of these episodes. I just am like, why are they doing this? Because we haven't seen any threat really, other than a creepy conversation with a dude at the end of time, who frankly didn't seem all right. Like, he didn't seem like he was all there. And Loki's like, oh, man, he's terrifying. I've got to stop this dude. There's going to be multiple of him. If I was anybody around, I'd be like, where where, where are they? Like, yeah. where? Like you told me there's going to be multiple of this guy. Where are, Like, should we be scared? I don't know. Whereas, you're right. If we had, like, maybe if, you know, when he slips forward and in time, yeah. if that, it, so instead of, like, being like, Oh, if they didn't want Kang smashing shit up immediately, when Loki's slipping back and forward, the time he slips forward, that's when he should have seen like things really fucked up. And yeah. Kang's like being a big See villain. what he's done. Yeah. yeah. And instead we just saw Sylvie trying to get out of an elevator, phones going and he gets pruned. Yeah. Yeah. So I was just kind of like, and okay, there's nothing Kang's not to that allude friend. that that's Kang. That that if anything, that <laughs> seems more like the looms. Destroyed or whatever is causing yeah, the yeah. problem. I thought you meant Kang calling. I would love that he picked up the phone and it's Kang on the line. He's like, "Hey, hey, how's how's... yeah, yeah. How's how's things going? You good? You good? Yeah." <laughs> TV. It, it would have almost been more interesting if our original sort of premise was that Loki had, uh, sorry, Loki, um, Kang had actually retaken over the TVA 
yeah. So rather than going back in the past, they did go forward and he'd taken over the, the TVA. And it was these little band of people trying to get the TVA back in order. You know, yes. Usurp yeah. it back from Kang. And then that would have given Sylvie like a push because actually she's again, yeah. seen. Yeah, you've seen how bad. Or she's trying to stop them because she's happy with it being the way it is. Yeah. Yeah. So what we're saying. Right. <laughs> so what we're saying halfway through is. We're still not sure what the point is. Is that what we're yeah, saying? Yeah, I feel like it's backtracking a little bit. It sounds blind, but that is kind of what we're boiling it down to, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm disappointed is what I'd say. I think yeah. that's my general vibe. I'm disappointed because I don't... Hopefully, like, episode six, I'll be like, oh, my God, they really pulled all this together. Like, yeah. I was totally wrong. But right now, I'm just kind of like, this episode that we just watched just feels like we're totally treading water. And I actually think it it's been a detriment to episode two yeah. because that whole bombing of the timeline thing, I thought they were going to pick up like with the judge just being arrested, interrogate her, whatever. Yeah. But instead they're just like, well, no, it's fine. Don't worry about it. It's all cool. It's well, it, may have, it may have been rushed, but it did add stakes. I feel like this, this yeah. episode. Yeah, true it, actually. Yeah. If you, even if you just take it as an episode rather than sort of leading into it, I just didn't think it was much. It, it was no. a very wishy-washy episode. Oh, yeah. And, and like Ian said earlier, Chris made a far more eloquent um, yeah. explanation of what happened in the episode than actually watching it. It just mm-hmm. it felt it felt nothingy and just skippable. Uh, uh, yeah, as an episode on its own, it just didn't feel like it added anything to the overall. Yeah. And I, I wouldn't yeah. have minded so much if say this was a perhaps a ten episode yeah. series. Yeah, because you get these kind of episodes and longer like series mm-hmm. runs. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. six episodes, you need to use your time wisely if you're gonna, you know do what you need to do and this episode just seems like it seems like you've taken one of the six and completely wasted it yeah particularly for, for the halfway point yeah 100% not, enough. For the not enough yeah you could have done in fact episode two and episode three and one i feel like oh, you yeah. Done, yeah you could have done yeah you could, you have, could have just put those two episodes yeah. together yeah yeah and you got rid of all the silly you know swindling those guys out of their yeah. trousers and all that stuff yeah, just, like... just cut that bit there's stuff that you could have cut out the second episode you you still have the bombing of the timelines but instead of them going to talk to sylvie for like god knows how long you you just go see victor timely you do that bit and just push those two episodes together and then you could have you know introduce sylvie maybe in episode three so she's still just like around and then episode three she's a bit more like you've brought this guy back why have you done that like I wanted him gone so I could have a happy life on the timeline and now you've brought him back and then that gives her more, more purpose. And But at the moment, it's kind of all over the place. Mm. So I guess three episodes in, halfway through, how are we rating this guest first half? I mean, I'd say now with the inclusion of episode three, I'd say broadly fine. I'd agree. Mm. Like yeah. it, it, it lost a lot of the goodwill in this episode. Like it, mm-hmm. Just irritating characters... <laughs> treading water of plot lines and just no stakes being added it just yeah i not to be too scathing but, yeah uh, <laughs> but it, it was shit <laughs> it, it, it wasn't great it wasn't great and it 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 felt like episode three and just kind of it's falling more to what was the problem with the mcu and i, mm. I think we could probably all agree that it's squandering the promise that it was making with the potential of episode one and the season finale of episode um, season one. Sorry. Mm -hmm. There was so much that could be done. And I just feel like this is just treading water. Mm. I a hundred percent agree with that. I think like season one, I felt was such a fresh, a 
uh, God, what is going on with me today? I can barely speak. Um, it was such a breath of fresh air on like the MCU. We had just had Infinity War and Endgame, this big ending action. And then this comes along, season one, which was like this real character study of Loki, him watching himself die, which was this really emotional scene and lots of back and forth with him and Morbius. And I really liked it. And this just... Yeah, it is squandering that promise. I, f- I can't say it better. I think it's really disappointing. Mm. And I I guess I'm going to go with broadly fine, but I am actually, I'm hurt, you know, because I really <laughs> liked, yeah. I liked season one so much. And I've said to so many people, because weirdly, Loki, I feel like a lot of people maybe haven't watched Loki out of the MCU stuff. I was at work the other day telling people about it and they were like, oh yeah, I saw that. I didn't watch it because it wasn't a film or whatever. And I I was like, you really need to watch season one. It's fantastic. Mm. Where I was like, with this, I, w- I wouldn't be pushing people to watch this. No, yeah. I wouldn't be telling people to watch it. This wouldn't be what you'd want to be the intro into the MCU. No. But then to be honest, yeah. that conversation about people not watching things is becoming more and more apparent with stuff with the MCU. Yeah, like, pe- People are... I don't want to use the superhero fatigue because I still don't agree that it exists. I think it's just fatigue in poor quality of the genre. Yeah. And it's yeah. it's like people aren't going to keep... I mean, it, it was evident with things like Transformers and I guess Fast and Furious because it didn't make as much money this time around. People are just being more scrupulous with their money. They don't want to just mm. waste it on bad product. Yeah. You've got to mm. start delivering these days. And the I, MCU has just decided to just sit on their laurels and not do much more. I agree with you. I think before I was starting to think that superhero fatigue is like setting in by actually having read more articles about superhero fatigue. I think you are right, Toby. I don't think it is that people are like, God, I don't want to watch a superhero film. I don't think that's what people are saying. I don't think people will see a Spider-Man film and go, I'm not watching that because it's Spider-Man. People are going to go watch Spider-Man. People are going to go watch Batman, but people aren't going to watch aren't going to see a a title being like oh blue beetle they don't know what that is so like you know they're not going to go see that if it just looks exactly the same as everything else they've seen Mm. and i agree with you i don't think it's superior fatigue it's bad films that they're getting bored of and yeah i I think you're 100 percent right with that yeah and as we said on well our very titled episode the reality of superhero fatigue that we did for blue beetle we were talking about Spider-Verse and obviously superhero film, but yeah. of such an amazingly high quality that you would you would literally shake someone until you said, no, you have to see this film. It yeah. is incredible. <laughs> and I have done that to my friends. So, you know, <laughs> I, can, I can... We're not like, friends anymore. I shook it well, too much. It's apparent because the thing is, like, Comic-Con and all that stuff and just the, the, the general fan theories, you know, they just... It would all pit it down if people were bored of it. But they're not. They're just as prevalent as ever. But the issue is the qu- the content and the quality is just not there, and people are just getting bored of it, and they just they're like, the well, why waste genre. our time? It's the same with any genre. Like you say, Fast and Furious is not making as much money as it used to do because people are. It's not because people don't want to see films where people drive fast cars or do crazy stunts or do crazy things in the cars. The 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 quality of the films, I mean, arguably the quality of films has never been great in my opinion. Yeah. But you know, <laughs> they're not. They are some of the greatest films ever made. Now, IMDb's top two fifty. Yeah, <laughs> but um, when we're in times now where people have got to weigh up the costs of either going to see a film or true. then you know just making the weekly shop. It's, it's never going to be comparable when you've just got poor quality coming out. And yeah, 100%. You know, Disney 100%. Plus is going to have to start seeing that as well because if 
they're raising the cost. They've recently announced that the costs yeah. are getting raised, and they're they're cracking down with uh, the password sharing, just like mm-hmm. Netflix did. That went over really well. Um, <laughs> they they're going to have to start delivering on the content, and and, and if if Loki and whatever the next Marvel product is, you know, I think it's the Marvels that's coming out next month and that's not projected to be doing too well. No, it's not. They're going to have to start thinking about what they're delivering. But the problem is, and we're getting into a really deep conversation here, is uh, these services aren't necessarily producing good content. They're buying IPs and they're buying licenses and they're making content off those licenses in an effort to make money back, you know, because people aren't buying as many Netflix and Disney plus subscription anymore. A, because they keep hiking the prices and they can't, you know, like you said, people have choices to make in their daily lives. Are they going to spend their money on Netflix who are just pumping out the same kind of shows every time or Disney plus or other streaming services? Don't want to just bash on Netflix because they all do it, but Mm -hmm. they've got choices to make in their lives. And it's the same with film and TV. Are you going to go see um, a a, a film that is exactly like all the other films you've seen and pay what is essentially through the nose now for a cinema ticket to go and watch it when you or you know like you say buy your shopping buy your food do you yeah. pay your bills you know and we live in that kind of time where studios and i guess that's part of the whole conversation what's going on now as well is have mm-hmm. to start producing better content and looking after the people who make that content because that's how you'll get better content and it's just it's, it baffles me that they, no one's grasped that and the dollar is still the bottom line, which I, I understand it's a business at the end of the day, but it's a business that can't last without, you know, investment. And that doesn't mean just money, monetary investment, but investment in people and ideas and original ideas. That's how things grow for me. Anyway. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of sad. And I think that is why we saw the strikes taking place recently as well. And it's it's good that the writer's strikes come to an end, but the, the actor strikes aren't going because they do need to care about who's creating these things and putting effort into that rather than just churn because they don't even want to pay actors what they rightly deserved, you know? And obviously there is a bigger issue that, you know, we can discuss in terms of like, how the industry works and the broader ramifications of that. But it, the bottom line is that if you don't care, you're just going to get poor product. And yeah. if you provide poor product, eventually people are going to stop caring. Yeah. And people, will, pay, that, people will, will make the decision with their wallets eventually. Yeah. And, you know, I feel that's what we're starting to see. It's not the superhero fatigue. It's that people are just fed up of just mediocre product. And, I think we started to see the turn of that. I think the point in which we started seeing that turn was, I think, dramatically was for Love and Thunder. That was very badly received and it didn't do amazingly. And since then, subsequently, you know, the superhero genre has had less like money coming in in terms of like top films of the year. But is what you'll hear, that's what these articles will say. But if you actually really boil down to it, a lot of them are still in the top 10 films but a lot of the higher ones are the ones that are incredibly well rated so across the spider-verse has done incredibly well maybe not as well as people thought it would but i think i think there's an element of what we're discussing about people being able to actually afford to go to the cinema but when they have they've chose to go see that because it's good you know and i don't think it's got to do with like oh it's the, the genre is dried up it's got no more stories to tell i mean kevin feige himself has said that they've They've barely scratched the surface of what the Marvel comic book universe has to give, 
You know, there's yeah, they've I mean, there's barely decades done worth of oh, it's so much, and there's decades. so much good quality. Yeah. Um, but they've got to start paying for good writers, and they've got to start paying their actors, and they've got to put effort into it. And I think you can't force something we've discussed many a time on this is that you know the CGI and special effects in these films that are rushed are terrible, and it affects the product that people are seeing. So I think for comic book films broadly rather than and i think this is maybe why people are starting to use the term fatigue and i don't think it's correct is that it's oversaturation is probably the right term rather than fatigue people are trying to make money off the the hype of superhero films and dc have rushed through a lot of films and luckily what james gunn is basically doing now is saying look we're going to stop we're going to make good quality films and come back and see us in a few years when superman comes out i've got to release this crap this is gonna come but (laughs) just wait until this point and i think that's what the genre needs just to just to have a little bit of a breath yeah just it's it's less superhero fatigue more content fatigue boom perfect mate coin that start write an article and shit on all of these superhero (laughs) fatigue ones and be like it's not superhero it's content we need less content Content. you're right you're 100% right 100% because i mean we've said it a thousand times before and we'll probably say it a thousand times again but the early days of marvel you got maybe one two films a year if you were lucky now they're i mean they've slowed down a bit but that's almost out of just reaction to what's what they've been finding with the the recent releases but it's just you know particularly just after sort of 2020 they were pumping out two three films a year then two or three tv shows it's just not sustainable it was never going to be sustainable Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. people people just didn't care and they were overwhelmed by the things to watch so nine times out of ten unless you're crazy people like us who just watched it all most people like well i'll pick one or maybe I'll pick two to watch. Maybe I'll watch a film and then I'll watch a TV show and the rest I'll catch when I can. But mm. then the generation of buzzers that they've not been very good, then they're like, well, maybe I'll just let them slip through the cracks so I won't watch them. And then you, you get to a point where you just never caught up and you just, you're kind of out of the mm. loop. So you're like, well, I'm not going to catch up now. I'm kind of over it. Yeah. I, you're 100% right. I think that is so true. And I think it's very much like, lots of things that have a huge catalogue that people are like, oh, I'm, oh, I can't be bothered. Like, I keep getting to, told to watch One Punch, and I'm just like, I, I don't have the time to watch that. Yeah. Like, it's, there's so much of that. Do you and imagine piece? if you... One Piece, that's yeah, it, yeah. not One Punch. Say, one, I one, punch one Punch, I think they've done two seasons, but One Piece... Yeah, yeah, which I've also been told I need to watch. But yeah, One Piece is like crazy big and my friends keep saying to me oh you'd love it it's really good and maybe i will do it but christ yeah there's so much to it but imagine so that's like i feel like one piece if you're going to be watching anime you're already pretty much a big into that sort of like genre and being a bit of a geek and nerd and stuff i feel like if you're watching mcu stuff and you're right if you just miss a few you start to get out of sync with stuff you give it a few more you're just like, oh, God, another four film. Do I need to watch those other ones? Like, oh, yeah. I really can't be bothered. Oh, there's a TV show now as well I need to watch. Oh, I just, I can't, I really can't keep up with all of this. You're, you are 100% right, Toby. I, I think you've hit the nail on the head that it's too much now. It's just way too much content and Con- they need to yeah. pull it back. Content fatigue, I think, is the the perfect phrase. I agree. Title this this episode. That. Yeah, I will do. Loki. I will do. I'll add it in. Loki yeah. season two yeah. content fatigue. 
Um, oh. Well, I think that's all the time we've got for this episode. Um, we will be back, I guess, in a few weeks to talk about the second half of Loki and go through that. Um, we've yeah. also got our upcoming Invincible Season 2 yeah. chats, which is very exciting. So we'll, we'll be back for that. But That's not content fatigue. See, <laughs> no. we, we want good quality. We yeah. want good <laughs> quality. Yeah. Um, thank you to both of you for joining me this week to talk about Loki episodes one to three. Um, unfortunately, not as good as we might have hoped given yeah. season one, but who knows? Season, uh, the second half might pick up. Um, Hopefully. Yeah. Hopefully. We don't want it to be bad, obviously. No, obviously are, I think we're all we hopeful it that it, it real nails it and then we can yeah. sort of look back and be like, oh, maybe we just yeah. do it eager. Yeah. Yeah. We'll be like, we'll listen back to this and be like, what the hell were those three Apart talking Jonathan about? Ages, I don't think my opinion will change on that. No, no. I don't think so. <laughs> Victor Timely was aggravating as hell. Yeah. I, <laughs> what was he doing? What was he doing? I uh, hated it. <laughs> Well, he was like going, oh, time. You might, he, he, he might win like, you over an episode four. You never know. No, um, unless no. they push him into the loom, then I don't, <laughs> I don't think that. Oh, that'd be fun. Um, <laughs> Victor Time. Whoops. What's going to happen with the loom? Um, <laughs> keeps me up at night. Um, <laughs> thank you to all you wonderful listeners for sticking with us on this one. Um, we really appreciate it. And we will appreciate you coming back to join us for the second half of Loki season two. Um, we also have coming up for our Spooktober ce- celebrations. Ooh. We have all now picked our films for our Halloween greatest film debate, which will be coming out at the end of the month. So please look forward to that. And if you enjoyed listening to us today, you can listen to us talk about all kinds of things on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts and SoundCloud. Please do tell your friends to come and join us as well. You can find us on Instagram at the Phantom Zone Podcast and you can email us at the Phantom Zone Podcast at gmail.com. But for now, until next time, thank you from us and for listening, and we'll see you next time. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.